I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I must say, I was not expecting the Tampa Bay Rays to shut out the New York Yankees. Um, Ryan Yarbrough was on the mound. He came in, uh, I guess, after the first inning, but... This Yankee team, Steve, I didn't realize they have been on a tailspin like no other since really the All-Star break. And the problem is they can't score any runs. You know, Stanton is hurt. Um, who else are they missing? Carpenter, I think. Carpenter's out and LeMahieu is out right now. And yeah, Which are, you know, three prominent bats. But look what the Rays are missing. The Rays have five starters uh, that are out of their 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 lineup from like opening day. Yeah, Franco, Ramirez, Kiermaier, Margot, Zanino, all out. Yeah, yeah, and they're not exactly a run producing machine themselves, but they they shut out the Yankees four to nothing in what continues to be misery for uh, for New York. There were some good moments in this game. Um, I and we were just talking about this before the podcast started. <laughs> is, is Anthony Rizzo? And his 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 obvious attempt not to avoid getting hit by a baseball, but actually trying to get hit by a baseball, and then uh, the umpire calls it on him, of course, and then uh, all all hilarity ensues after that. Yeah, how often do you see that call? DJ Almost Rayburn never. immediately said, "No, no, yeah, no, no, did. you're not hit. You're staying here. You leaned into it. Mm-hmm. You never see that. And and to do that in New York, no, oh. yeah, that took some guts." Um, I mean, I can only imagine Aaron Boone came out saying, hey, we're savages here. How can you call that? <laughs> That's right. My guy would have not taken it for the team. Yeah, no, I, it, it was uh, Rizzo, first of all, I give him all the credit in the world because he will stand on top of the plate and dare a pitcher to throw it inside. And, and m- much of the time, he'll turn on one. And he's got himself, you know, I don't know, is this eight seasons or something like that of, of 20 homers or more. And with the short porch and you know, Yankee Stadium, he's got himself lifting the ball and hitting a lot of home runs and things like that. And, and he is not afraid. I'll say this. He, he's not afraid of the baseball. He's, he gets plunked legitimately plenty of times. But in this instance, uh, that pitch was almost over the plate. Uh, it was going to be very close to hitting the corner, and he leans into it uh, instead of away from it. So I know that Yarbrough has some movement on his pitches, but I don't think you'd be moving towards where the ball is actually trying to hit the mitt. So it was a good call. It was a, it was a good game. Some clutch hitting late in that game because it was one to nothing uh, for the longest time until the ninth inning, and the, and the Rays kind of broke it open. That's a big win, you know. I I don't know if they can sweep the Yankees or not, but you came up with uh, with with a figure that shocked me. If they sweep the Yankees, there's a chance that they're like eight games out of first place. They'd be eight games League. out on August seventeenth. That's insane. They were twenty yeah. twenty two at one point. I mean, I don't even know what it was. It was. Uh, you know the Yankees were on pace to win like 120 games. The Yankees are eight and 16 since the All Star break. They've been shut out four times in their last nine games. That's just wild to me. And and the Yankee fan let them have it too. And and some players more than others. But um, I think Hicks was a guy that they were booing the most. Well, he uh, botched the triple that David Peralta right. hit. 
Mm-hmm. He misplayed that in center field. That led to the first run, which it was a one nothing game going to the ninth inning. Yeah. And then he hit into another double play with the bases loaded. That's his fourth of the season. He leads baseball in that category. Jeez. Yeah. The, 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 now that Joey Gallo's gone, he's uh, you know public enemy number one there. Yeah. Yeah. They were after Joey for a while. That's a huge win. I mean, you know, they're they're trying to separate themselves a little bit from the Baltimore Orioles. The American League East is just jammed up, really. I saw where I believe Baltimore beat Toronto. If mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken, they were leading. So the the hit. Rays and the Toronto are tied for one of the wild card spots. Uh, as we tape this, the Mariners are tied two two with the Angels. If they win that, they'll be a half game ahead of those two teams. If they lose, they're a half game back. Those are your three wild card teams now. Right. But Baltimore's a game and a half back. Minnesota and Chicago's two games back. And Cleveland's got the same record as Seattle does currently. So essentially, you have seven teams within two and a half games of each other fighting for four playoff spots. For four spots. You talk yeah, about the, the Central Division Championship, which is the Guardians, the Twins, mm-hmm. and the White Sox all within two games. So seven teams for four spots all within two games of each other, or two and a half. Yeah, it's wild, man. That's why we like the wild card. Is it? It it keeps so many teams mm-hmm. relevant and in it. But I've never. I don't. I can't recall in recent memory. Um, the Yankees start was so you know astounding. I mean, they were so far out in front, and then probably no one will catch them. Even though, you know, I guess if they swept them, they would be within eight or so. But it it did. It hasn't been a really a race in the L East. However. All these other teams are so bunched up. Uh, it, it's it's crazy. Just you know, and the biggest difference, obviously, is Baltimore. They've come so far, so mm-hmm. fast, um, and you know, Rays won that series by one game, ten to nine. I think they've got a bunch of games now with the New York Yankees, and so in a way, it the the schedule has sort of benefited the Rays in that they're catching the Yankees at exactly the right time, and they are down, mm-hmm. and this is when you kick them. Now, you know, I mentioned the eight games in that. And still, granted, that would be if they win the next two. Sure. If the Yankees go 500 the rest of the way, which right now mm. they're playing below that level, but yeah. if they can go 500 the rest of the way, they'll still have 95 wins. Yeah. Which means the Rays at this point have to go, what, 34 and 14? Am I adding that up right in my head real quick? I mean, that's an uh, incredible that's pace. That's 48 games. Is that what's left? Yeah, I believe it's 48 games left, so. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, that's so better than two to one. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's lost. still going to take a miraculous, yeah, comeback or you know, we'll use your word miraculous. <laughs> well, yeah, we, I'll say it <laughs> for for the Rays to win the American League East, it would be miraculous. Mm-hmm. Sort of like the Lightning yeah. coming back now, against Colorado. You could you know think back to what was it, twenty eleven, when the Rays were nine games out of the division lead. Entering yep. September or yep. September second, third, and they caught Boston. Now mm-hmm. there's only one team there. You got a lot of teams in front of you at this point, or with you at this point. But right, so we'll see. I mean, Yankees are struggling, and and a lot of their flaws are showing right now. Uh, not having Stanton and Lemayhew in that lineup has completely changed that lineup, and they look lost. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is that it tells you that you know once you get into these playoffs, especially with that many American League East teams. You know, I'll say this. There was a time when the Rays would go to Yankee Stadium and never win. You know, it's, mm-hmm. sometimes it didn't matter what kind of team they had. 
Um, but there's nobody that the Rays can't play, right? I mean, there's there's no one, and vice versa. I don't, I, you know, I'm not suggesting we saw the Red Sox last year take a Rays team that had won 100 games and beat them. Um, but if you are the Yankees, if you are one of those AL East teams at some point and have to play Tampa Bay, it's it's not a welcome thing. It's like, you know, the, these guys are used to playing there and they get kind of pumped up for it. And, um, you know, I, I, think the, I think the Rays like going on the road to places like Fenway and, and Yankee Stadium. Not, not that you wouldn't rather have it at the Trop, but still, um, that's the whole beauty of getting in. You know, you find a way to get in, and if they – you know, get Wander Franco back and uh, Harold Ramirez and and you know Manuel Margot. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they're they're going to suddenly offensively be be way way better. And their pitching, the pitching has carried this team from the first day. Uh, their bullpen has been terrific, and you know when you can go out there and get what they got from Yarborough, which was you know has been somewhat unexpected. The great thing about you know he's the perfect like Yankee killer because this team just wears out hard throwers and the changeup they showed a stat where um, particularly Aaron Judge who did not have a very good night at the plate is so susceptible to the changeup and and you throw a guy that's kind of a soft contact guy like Yarbrough if he's not hitting the middle of the plate he has success against a team like that so mm-hmm. it was pretty interesting to see how that matchup went and Kevin Cash played it perfectly, and they held on to a one nothing lead for the longest time. Um, Yankees blew a good opportunity. They had the bases loaded and one out. And Hicks grounds into a double play, a 1-2-3 double play, which mm-hmm. you don't always see. Look, the Rays have faced the Yankees 11 times this season. They've given up 33 runs. That's it. Three runs yeah. a game. And, and – if you remember one of those series, they gave up like eight runs. They gave in up three eight games. in one game, and like five. Well, they gave up seven the first game they played them. But there no, was that was, there it, was right? another series where they I think they gave up eight runs in New York, but five were unearned. Mm. So I mean, it's not even like they're giving up three runs a game earned. Yeah, in this ser- in, you know this matchup this season. Crazy. I mean, you know, you hold the Yankee that the Yankees lineup in as hot as they've been all year, and you've played them throughout the season now. You hold them to three runs a game. That's really good. Yeah. Well, that's how good their pitching has been. I mm-hmm. mean, one one through the bullpen, uh, whoever they bring in from down there seems to be able to do the job. And um, certainly they did it, you know, on Monday night. It, yeah. w- it was spectacular. They got Nestor Cortez, who's been really good against the Rays this year tonight. Jeffrey mm-hmm. Springs will oppose him. You just need to kind of do what you did today. Yeah. Eke out a run or two, get a lead early. Yeah. You don't expect to get a lot, but then you got to outpitch them. Mm-hmm. You Play know, defense, mm-hmm. outpitch them. And if you, you, know, if you and, win tonight, then you win the series, and then you can go for the sweep on Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly could happen. I mean, and, and when, when the bats are – when you're squeezing the bats the way the Yankees are right now and they, and they don't seem to have anybody going mm-hmm. very good, um, good pitching can certainly shut down, you know, a team for a series. And, and they pitch well mm-hmm. really all year against them. So, well, and after so this, good, after this, you get Kansas City for four. Mm-hmm. They're twenty-one games below five hundred, right? Then you get the Angels for four; they're thirteen games below five hundred. Then you go to Boston, who's a couple games below five hundred, and then at Miami, who is fourteen games below five hundred. Hmm. Your next two weeks after this, you got a chance to get a lot of a lot of wins. Fatten up, yeah. If you can win this series, I mean, you know, you'd love to sweep it. Just win sure. the series in New York. 
Take one right. of these next two, and then you go to work on these the next two weeks. When you got the rain, the Royals, the Angels, the Red Sox, and the the Marlins, and eight of those thirteen games are at home. Go get a bunch of wins the next two weeks, and then let's make yeah. it interesting in September. Yeah, and you're getting some players back probably in the next, I'd say, week or 10 days. It looks like by Saturday you may have Margot, Ramirez, and Franco back. That's incredible. Maybe one or two of them is a day or two later, but you could have all three back by this weekend. Yeah, and it's not, you know, obviously you you welcome that talent, right? You welcome mm-hmm. the bats back in the lineup and, the, and how it lengthens your lineup and those sort of things. But the energy that a guy like Wander Franco mm-hmm. brings you, not not just at the plate, but just in the clubhouse, on the field, his defense, his base running, um, all of that is is just such an injection at a time mm-hmm. when the trade deadline's over. You know, you're, you're not going to get three better players on the market than the three you've missed. Yep. So Neil Solans brought up a great point in the post game show on Monday night, and you know, when you get Franco and Ramirez and Margot back, your bench becomes better. Oh, yeah. You know, there was a game last week that Brendan Lau was up lefty on lefty. Bases, I think, were loaded, struck out. Mm-hmm. That was a perfect opportunity to put Harold Ramirez in there. Mm-hmm. But you didn't, your bench was so, you know, when you, you're missing five batters out of your regular lineup, your bench is a lot weaker. Yeah. Which, which makes it harder for Kevin Cash to make the moves he wants to make. Sure, it does. Yeah. You know, I mean, we know that they'll pinch it for anybody at any time. Mm-hmm. If the matchup calls for it, and and you know for the last several months it's been harder and harder for the Rays to do that offensively, and I, I think that's part of the reason they've struggled some is that they just don't have the bench to make the moves they like to make, to to exploit the matchups throughout the game, right? Not just with your starting you know nine batters, but your whole bench, and getting those guys back lengthens that bench too, not just your lineup but the bench. And yeah. it's going to make that lineup more dangerous, and hopefully you start seeing the race score more runs because of it. Yeah, and if they ever do that, if they ever start scoring runs again in bunches with their pitching, um, it's going to carry them a long way. You just don't know. You get in the postseason, um, you're going to have to score some runs. That's been their problem in the past. But as well as they're throwing as balanced as they are in the in the bullpen, um, you know, you saw what Rasmussen did the other day. I mean, they – They've got it going on the mound. They just have to uh, hang in there and get some guys back, and we'll see what they can do. I mean, the Yankees, you know, still one of the best or the best record in baseball, and, you know, right now it's the warmest turn. I mean, this was the thing that everybody talked about early in the season and why the Yankees got off to such a great start because, as Neil Solon's told us, it's what everybody feared, a year in which they don't get injured, a year where Stanton and Judge and LeMayhew and all these guys are are – playing every day and they did that for the longest time and now the injuries have finally struck um and you see what it's done to this yankee team so you know good for them good for the race to uh to try to get it going and you know they 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 need to win series uh get a little momentum and and you just don't know especially when you head into uh the later months i mean we're we're more than halfway through august at this point almost to september um uh, guess a little or halfway in august and before you know it man here comes uh here comes the october magic so good win for the race uh we're going to talk about the bucks here and a big acquisition that they made but first may electric solar you need to call these folks i know your electric bill is going through the roof mine is too they're a family-owned and operated 
business, they've been installing solar electric systems for a dozen years. And in this field, there are all these fly-by-night companies. I had one knock on the door unsolicited the other day. And May Electric has been committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship. They got a 30-year labor and service warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That right there is the May difference. So if you visit the Hudson showroom, May Electric displays all of its products, and they conduct on-site testing so you can see exactly what they'll be installing. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. You know exactly who is doing the job at all times. So start saving today. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. You can lower your electric bill all year long and preserve your quality of life, preserve your appliances as well. That's 727-819-2862. All right, so I was uh, at the Bucks. They resumed their practicing, of course, on Monday. It was a full practice. It was two hours. It was hot, as you can imagine. Uh, training camp portion, the fan portion of it is over anyway, so uh, that's all the uh, attendance we're going to have, which is kind of nice. Um, they're starting to take down you know, some of the grandstands and things like that. Um, but... Uh, it, it, you know, still obviously no Tom Brady. They're preparing to leave later today. They're going to practice a little bit um, this morning, and they're going to leave later today for Tennessee. I'm headed up to Tennessee and Nashville as well. Practices there against the Titans on Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, Friday they'll have uh, kind of an installation walkthrough of their own uh, without the Titans, and then of course their second preseason game is on Saturday. Same sort of procedure that they had in the first game uh starters will not play i think you'll see a lot a lot more of kyle trask again in this game and uh certainly there's position battles all over the place some offensive linemen will have to play um still going to look at the you know the guard position and and nick leverett and aaron stinney and those guys will be battling for that you need to look at robert hainsey a little bit more uh but those receivers are starting to uh to really shine and um, guys like Jareth Stearns, who we had a chance to talk to after practice, really impressive guy. If I, It's hard to believe you can lead the nation in every category, and there's only been a few players that have done that of late, Michael Tra- Crabtree being one, I believe, um, where you have the most catches, the most yards, the most touchdowns. He did it at Western Kentucky and still not go drafted because he's all of about 5'9". But, man, he's out there making plays and practice all over the field with Kyle Trask. They're starting to get a little bit of rhythm together. And it's going to be really competitive um, in that wide receiver room, you know, going forward. And I'll be honest with you, like the guy that's sort of in jeopardy right now, that's a name guy, is Scotty Miller. I mean, Scotty Miller's going to have a tough time making this team. I also think that he's one of the few receivers, because he's got good film and he's hurt other teams, that you could probably trade um, and maybe get something for him, especially with a team that, uh, you know, is is down at the receiver position where they get some injuries or whatnot. I'm, I'll tell you this right now. I think Green Bay would have an interest. I'm not sure you want to trade him there. Um, but you would think that, you know, after he, what he did to them in the AFC Championship game and uh, them being down a little bit on receivers, they might have an interest. But we'll see how all of that plays out. The big story really on Monday is uh, on the injury front. And this is unfortunate in a sense because, you know, Cam Gill uh, – is a guy that's been on this team. He played in the Super Bowl. He, in a trivia question, he had a sack in the Super Bowl. Um, young guy that's really, uh, you know, improved each year and playing outside linebacker, getting his chance 
really to be part of that rotation because they didn't re-sign Jason Pierre-Paul. And, you know, you've got obviously Shaq Barrett and and now Joe Tryon Shawinka are your starters at outside linebacker. But then Anthony Nelson, uh, who I wrote about in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com, he's a legit pass rusher now. You know, he his first year, uh, he was hurt a lot. Uh, that's kind of what I remember about his rookie season is that uh, he was probably down more than he was uh, on the active roster. And then the, the second year when they won the Super Bowl, he was predominantly a special teams player. I mean, because, you know, that year, JPP, Shaq were humming, um, you know, so there, there was a lot of uh, competition for playing time. And he, he spent most of his time playing special teams. And then last year, halfway through the season, JPP's shoulder got so bad with a torn rotator cup, he's still still out of football probably as a result. And Nelson went in and really just took off. You know, it kind of clicked for him. Uh, he's always been a sort of a powerful guy. He's surprising. Um, when you look at him, he's kind of, he looks like a basketball player more than he does almost a football player. But he has uh, in, uh, incredible strength. Um, and, of course, he's long, so he understands the advantage he has with his arms. It's a disadvantage, though, if you're that tall. He's six foot seven, and so he's really got to work on pad level and you know the low man wins and all of that. Um, but playing behind Shaq Barrett, uh, he's learned a lot. I mean, Shaq is a technician, and Nelson's really worked on his feet, and that's what enabled him to have really five sacks in the last eight games, three sacks in the last three games for the Bucks last season, and then in the preseason game against Miami. Him and Cam Gill both had a sack and a tackle for loss. They looked great. Unfortunately, unfortunately, Cam Gill uh, suffered a Liz Frank injury, which is a foot injury, the same foot injury, in fact, that Levante David uh, suffered with at the end of last season. Remember he said he was about 60% uh, in the playoffs, and that certainly showed, especially against the Rams in that last game. And it's taken him all this time since the end of the season really to get sort of back to to where he needs to be and now you have cam gill getting that that similar injury and and todd Bowles said on monday that cam gill is going to miss some time so that screws up their rotation except they made a big acquisition the bucks signed carl nassib remember him he was here in 2018 2019 Uh, i think they claimed him off waivers from the cleveland browns carl nassib of late of the uh, las vegas raiders um, is going to come over now and rejoin the Bucks. He had his best years here uh, as a as an outside pass rusher. He had uh, six and six and six and a half sacks in the two seasons, so twelve and a half sacks in the two seasons that he was here um, last year. You know, he really never, even though he got a free agent contract and a pretty good one from the Raiders, he he really didn't post any good numbers in terms of a pass rusher. He did play a ton of special teams for them, though over a hundred snaps on special teams. And, and I know that he'll make an instant impact uh, on that. Of course, Carl, after he left the Bucks, um, made a lot of headlines and a lot of news by becoming the first uh, openly gay NFL football player. Um, he came out, I want to say, in 2020, I think it was, and um, uh, you know has has really been you know hailed for his courage and and all of that. Of course, he still has teammates that remember him from you know just a couple years ago uh on this football team very well liked guy uh he's going to fit perfectly uh, for what they need you know right now in that rotation and you know we'll hope that 
you know, Cam Gill gets back sooner than later, but it's a, it's pretty convenient to have a guy like that still on the street that can come in here and make an impact. And, you know, I just, I think it was a, I think it was a good pickup for them. They're, they're doing some smart things and, you know, finding some veteran players that they know uh, fit their system. And they're fortunate that some of these guys are still out there. So Carl Nassib, his first day will be today. I'm sure that uh, I won't be out there, but Joey Knight uh, and uh, the guys will talk to him and, uh, check out his story in the Tampa Bay Times and on TampaBay.com. It's kind of neat. He's coming back home. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There was some really horrible news in the NFL, and it involves the brother of Akib Tlaib. Um, Yakub uh, Tlaib was involved in an ugly incident Saturday night. Um, there was a shooting in the Dallas area in um, the city of Lancaster, I think. Uh, and there was a youth football game. And there became sort of a confrontation, I think, between between coaches and somehow um Yokub Talib got involved in this this was actually videotaped it's it's fairly shocking uh video footage if you if you see it um but at some point during the altercation um Yokub uh, pulls out a gun and and ends up shooting a man dead who was a coach another coach of the other team and he was sort of finally turned himself in after a couple days, I guess. Um, and yes, his brother, Keeb, was there. He was he was right there uh, when this incident occurred. Uh, of course, Akeeb Tlaib, the former first-round pick by the Bucks, played for a lot of teams, the Patriots, the, the Denver Broncos, I believe. Um, really, his numbers are, are not even borderline. They're, they're Hall of Fame-like numbers that Akeeb Tlaib had. It, it's a horrible, horrible incident, and I, I'm not sure where this is going. I don't know that a you know self defense will be the uh, will sort of be the the take that that maybe he has, uh, but his lawyers were you know sort of in, intimating that. It, it's I spent I will just say this is that that's a troubled family. <laughs> um, when Akeem Talib came to Tampa Bay, and I'm not equating what you know his brother did to what Akeem has ever done. Um, but just in this sense is that, you know, they, they came from a family where, um, the mother is a convicted felon who had stabbed somebody, uh, when they were, uh, earlier in their life. Um, you know, the incidents that, that Akib had, you know, punching a cab driver when he came to Tampa Bay, he had some documented incidents of violence, nearly got cut by this franchise, eventually got traded. Uh, I went down there to the Dallas area to do a story. Uh, on what was then a shooting um, many, many years ago when he was still with the Bucks, um, And that was, they were fortunate that, that no one was killed or injured in that situation. And, you know, again, residential area, altercation ensues. Mom comes wheeling up. Um, he's chasing some guy, you know, 
through the neighborhood firing shots and you know it, it, it just you know he he was charged or i think him and his mom might have both been charged at that time i'm not sure how it was adjudicated neither one of them got uh, convicted of anything but um just in general guns have been a part of uh of their lives and and violence and it, it's just it's a terrible ugly horrible thing to have somebody lose their life over a youth football game to begin with um but uh just you know certainly strikes close and and you know Akib was there and fortunately he was not injured or was not part of the shooting um but his brother is and now he's in custody he's turned himself in so that was that was pretty disturbing uh in football college football big news the USF Vols I thought it was interesting the way they did this Steve they put it on social media uh, that they had chosen their quarterback one. Isn't that how everything's done these days? <laughs> Is it? I don't know. No, but uh, it sure <laughs> seems like it at times. I know, but it just seemed odd to me. Like I, I, I suppose you could have had a press conference and maybe let Jeff Scott explain his decision-making process that, on that That's coming one? today. Okay. Yeah, Jeff Scott and I believe uh, Jerry Bohannon, who's named the starter, right. will be available to the media today for USF, I believe. Yeah, well, uh, one guy that may not be available to the media today, although Jerry Bohannon will, is the guy who didn't win the quarterback job, and that's that's uh, Timmy McLean, who reportedly has now, within minutes, it seems, of that announcement on the Internet, entered the transfer portal. So happy trails to Timmy McLean. Well, that's that's what happens now with, with players is they, you know, if they don't get the job, they're gone. And yeah. it's hard to build depth. I mean, you know, Joey Knight put it out there on Twitter. You know, if something happens to Jerry Bohannon, USF's mm-hmm. like starting from square one again. Yeah. You know, that, that, that depth there is, is not there. Now, Jerry Bohannon transferred in from Baylor, helped him win the Big 12 last year. Right. He's got two years of eligibility left. Yeah. So, you know, at that point, Timmy's like, I'm not going to start to my senior year mm-hmm. again. You know, assuming – Jerry does well. Goes well, yeah. yeah. So you know that's kind of the thinking behind it. So, yeah, not like the old days. I mean, I get it at the quarterback position in particular, and we see this now all the time. Oklahoma lost both their quarterbacks, <laughs> um, you know, after the season last year, and you know, it, it they're these kids need they're going to find a place to start, and it's kind of late in the year, um, but you know, Timmy McLean will obviously have some place to go. And and if not start, maybe compete. I, I, I tend to think that as much as they invested in McLean last year, and he did some good things, and he certainly came on, and there's no reason to think that he won't be uh, a, a pretty productive college quarterback um, with all the experience that he gained. But having said that, I think when you make the deal and a guy like Jerry Bohannon comes to your program in the transfer portal, it's not guaranteed, but there is sort of a wink nod that you know he's going to be your starter. And, you know, Jeff Scott can tell both guys, hey, this is a competition and best guy wins. And that that's really football. That all that all sounds right, I suppose, because until you have him in the building, how much do you know him and all that? But in reality, um, the writing was sort of on the wall. I mean, you know, this guy's not coming here to sit the bench. He'd have to have a pretty good idea. And you would have to have a, a fairly, you know, revealing conversation with him to get him to transfer here if he thought that Timmy McLean was going to be the starting quarterback, he wouldn't be here, mm-hmm. and nor would you necessarily be interested in him. Um, but they were in each other, and and so it's not a surprise that Bohannon 
uh, is the starter, and now McLean will go try to find a place to play. But you're right; it's not like the old days when Howard Schnellenberger would sit there with the pipe in his in his mouth on the Howard Schnellenberger show and go, "We got this guy Jim Kelly going to be our starter, and behind him is Bernie Kosar, and then behind him we got Vinny Testaverde." I mean, can you believe that? Like they had those three <laughs> dudes on the same team at Miami lined up like airplanes at LaGuardia. I mean, it was just, you know, it was incredible. Uh, and you'll never see that day again because of, of the rule changes. And I, I don't have a problem with it. I, I tend to think, you know, it's a little like AAU basketball, unfortunately, is that, you know, when, when things don't go well with one team, you move to the next one, right? And uh, until you become, you know, the man uh, on, on any given team. So there's something lost in that. There's a, there's a little bit of, you know, I don't, I don't know what you would call it. It's not, you know, you become a little bit of a prima donna, I guess. But the quarterback position especially is is that important. And I don't begrudge guys um, that don't want to, you know, do what Kyle Trask did. I mean, this is the thing that's so remarkable. And, of course, Trask didn't have necessarily, well, I guess at the end he might have had the transfer portal. But um, basically, you know, there are players that were willing to take you know, the job of backup and wait their turn, whether it was one year, two years, or what have you. And it took an injury, as it did with Trask, with Felipe Franks getting hurt, who then on went on to Arkansas and became a quarterback there. Uh, now I think he's playing tight end maybe for the Atlanta Falcons if he if he's still involved in the NFL. I know he's playing as a quarterback too, but, um, you know, and so what would have happened to a guy like Trask who's now – you know, his reputation and sort of his very being, his fiber is, hey, I, you know, I might not be the starter when I first get there. I'm going to work my butt off. I'm going to learn everything. I'm going to get my chance and I will get it. I'm going to, I'm going to knock it. I'm going to rip it out of the park. And that's sort of what he's doing using the same kind of approach uh, in the NFL. And, and that's the thing. When you go to the NFL, even we're starting to see a little bit of a transfer portal there because, when Baker Mayfield doesn't make it in Cleveland, you know, and the Carolina Panthers aren't happy with Sam Darnold, who they got from the Jets, here comes Baker Mayfield. That's called free agency. And that's sort of what they have now in college football is free agency. Um, but you're losing some of that um, grit, you know, and, 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 and I guess apprenticeship, if you will, uh, of guys, you know, kind of having to do it the hard way and stick it out. And there's something to be said for that. But I really don't begrudge these players to try to find them. But you only got five years to play four. And it, believe me, as a former college athlete 100 years ago, it goes by really fast. I mean, those four years, uh, you can't afford to waste any of them. And especially when you're, you know, when you're playing a game like football. So we'll see. I mean, it's a big year, obviously, for the Bulls. Big year for you, for Coach Scott. And we'll see what... Uh, what they have to say today about the whole thing, but yeah, it's going to be new quarterback at USF. We're going to talk to Matt Baker uh, later this week and Mm -hmm. the AP poll just came out. Uh, Give you uh, 10 guesses at who's number one. Oh, Nelly, I got to believe it's the Alabama Crimson Tide and the boy, you got Nick Saban. Wow. Lucky guess. All right. Number two, you'll never guess this one. Well, I got a guy at Ohio State by the name of C.J. Stroud, and him and uh, the Alabama Crimson Tide are probably one and two. All right. There's no way you guess number three. How about the national champion Georgia Bulldogs? And, oh, boy, 
I got to believe that they're right there with Alabama and Ohio State. Man, you are lucky, man. Those three guesses. I don't know how you got that. <laughs> I'm a little shaky at four, though. I am. Now, I think the – the was it the writer's poll? That, no, this is the writer's poll. The coach's poll came out, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think they had Clemson number four. Uh, that is correct. In, in the in the in the coaches poll, yep. that is not the case though with the writers poll. No, it is. Clemson is four. Oh, it is four. It yeah. is the same. Okay, so yeah, they have the chalk. same top five. Notre Dame okay. is fifth in both. Okay, it's All right. six where you start to see a difference. So chalk for five, yes. and now six it starts to separate. Yes, in the AP poll, uh, they have Texas A and M sixth. Okay, compared to Jimbo seventh Fisher, in the coaches, big recruiting yeah. class. I mm-hmm. get it. Yeah. Yep. Utah is seventh in the AP. They were eighth in the coaches. And then Michigan is eighth in the AP. They were sixth in the coaches. So six, seven, and eight, little bunt changes there. Huh. Okay. Uh, Miami's still the only, only Florida team. The only Florida team to make the poll. They're in at sixteen. They were seventeen in the coaches' poll. So. Hmm. Florida did receive votes. They're around thirty-seven. I think UCF was like thirty-two. Florida State did not receive a vote in the AP poll. I know it's possible for Alabama, who eventually is probably going to have to play Georgia in a national in, in national champion, in, perhaps in the national champion, but in the SEC title game, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, likely or possible that one of those SEC teams will lose a game, maybe to each other, right? Who knows? Um, do you think Ohio State can go undefeated in the Big Ten? Yes, you do. Okay, yeah, I mean, because I suppose Michigan would be their other, only other. Uh, really team that could knock them out, right? Well, I mean, Michigan State and Penn State are in their division. Yeah. So, you're, you know, you're going to face all them. Um, of but course, of course. Not... I mean, the second week of the season, that's upset alert there. Arkansas State's at Columbus. <laughs> well, here you go. <laughs> here we go. Now, that day is going to be very confusing for me because, of mm-hmm. course, I am, you know, a Red Wolf. At the time, I was an Indian, but that's another story. I am an Arkansas State Red Wolf, so I have to I have to kind of wear my colors and 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 root for for my home team. But the quarterback on the other team is named C.J. Stroud. It's kind of hard to go against Stroud, but yeah. I'm definitely not an Ohio State fan because, as you well know, if you've seen me on Zoom anywhere, I've got a Wisconsin helmet mm-hmm. sitting in my uh, in my media room here, and uh, my wife went to Wisconsin, and she does not like yeah. Ohio State at all. Um, the you Big Ten. I'll say this about the Big Ten. They are loyal. Like, you can't like any other team in the Big Ten if you went to a Big Ten school. <laughs> it's just not possible. I think it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Not that, you know, look, I wasn't rooting for Louisiana Tech back in the day either, but I'm just saying um, it, it is it is die in the wool. Like, there is some hate that yes. goes on between these schools. Yeah, the worst is when you have to root for the team you really hate because that they you need to beat someone that you need to lose. That it helps you, yeah. But you you mentioned Michigan being the toughest team for Ohio State. They open with Notre Dame, who's ranked higher. Oh, okay. I mean, that's a top five matchup, five at five and two. Yeah. They have Wisconsin early on September twenty fourth. They have Michigan State. Penn State's just outside the poll. Hmm. Well, if you're going to lose, you're going to lo- lose that first one, right? I mean, lose early mm-hmm. and then have a chance to. But all their tough games, all of them are at home except for Michigan State. They're on the road. So they get Wisconsin at home, Notre Dame at home, Michigan at home, Penn State at, or Penn State's on the road too. I'm sorry, that's huge. Yeah. So now have they have they settled on a quarterback yet? Is McCaffrey going to be their guy? Michigan? No, I haven't settled yet. No. I I think you're going to see both. 
You're going to see both yeah, McNamara and McCaffrey. So McNamara yeah. is the better probably leader at this point, and he's more steady. He's more steady in that, bit. but McCarthy's got the higher ceiling. So yeah, you got to. And, and if you don't play him, he's going to get in that transfer portal too. Yeah, well, so I, um, I think you're going to see both of them this year. Yeah. Well, if their defense is anything like it was a year ago, I don't know who they lost. Obviously, well, they, they well, lost, they lost the, the number we'll two draft pick in the country. You they know, lost like, Aiden uh, Hutchinson, David Ajabo, Dax Hill. I mean, they yeah. lost. They lost, as Matt Baker would put it, dudes. Dudes. They also yeah. lost both their coordinators. Right, that's huge. Yeah, Josh Gaddis is now in Miami as the offensive mm-hmm. coordinator, and Mike McDonald went back to the Ravens to become their defensive coordinator. And McDonald was really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so him going to the Ravens was a loss. Goes to another Harbaugh. I mean, how's that? How does that conversation go? Hey, um, well, he went. He went from John to Jim, and now back. I know, to John. and I went back. Yeah, so I guess you can't really complain. Like you got the use of him for yeah. a couple of years, but well, he got to cut his chops as a defensive coordinator. He was just a linebackers coach at the Ravens. Gotcha. Got to go to Michigan to become a defensive coordinator when then they needed one at the yeah. Ravens. They brought him up. Yeah, so you can't. Yeah, you know. Now Michigan's strength is their offense. I mean, they lost to Son Haskins, but they got both quarterbacks back. This year back. it's their offense. Last year it was yeah. their defense. Yeah, I they thought. may have the best offensive line in football. Hmm. Some some prognosticators say it's the best offensive line in football. They're always them in Wisconsin are usually pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Them well, Wisconsin and Notre Dame. To be honest, that's been be... Michigan's Achilles' heel for much of the last ten years when they've struggled. Really, their offensive line wasn't as good as it should be. Huh. But last year don't was really slam, good. Don't slam my boy from Eastlake, Mason Cole, because he was there for four no, years. No, I'm not saying they didn't have guys. I'm saying but as a yeah. unit, yeah. they weren't as good as they should have been mm-hmm. or have traditionally been at Michigan. No, they've had guys. Right. Send a lot of guys to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Them, Wisconsin, Notre Dame. If, if you, I've always said this. If I, if I ran a football team and I'm looking for an offensive lineman, I'm, one of those three schools yeah. I'm going to take. Iowa's going to have some. Iowa's definitely going to have a ton. And you're okay with Tristan Wirfs, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but, yeah. yeah, very okay with him. Right. <laughs> those those schools put out the big uglies. Oh, boy. And uh, and they run the football, which you don't see a whole lot of anymore. Not that Ohio State will have to run Some it. Some of those schools still use fullbacks, like Wisconsin and Iowa. I, you know, and I'm sorry. like I'm okay with Iowa because they've run sort of this pro style off. Watching Wisconsin play, which I have to do every week, is just nails on a chalkboard horrible because they make 1950 look like a progressive offense sometimes. I, and they've had quarterbacks, some of which they've transferred out to other schools and done really, really well, but at, at, at Wisconsin, and they've had receivers too. It's weird. And then, of course, you know, a, a good running back or two has come through there, as you know. Um, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so but and and they certainly get lots of attempts, but it is the most vanilla offense known to man. Run on first down, run on second down, make your quarterback convert on third and three, uh, and then do it do that like ten times during a drive. It's it's mind numbing, and and uh, as good as they are on defense, if they just had just a little bit of scoring, um, they could be really good. But that's. That's Badger talk for another time. I really don't <laughs> want to get into that. But. Hey, real quick, before we wrap this up, too, I want to give a happy birthday wish to Tommy Leveron, who's a frequent oh, yeah. tweeter of ours and listener and yeah, met him a is. few times, too. So uh, yeah. it's his birthday today. So happy birthday, Tommy. That's great. Yeah. Well, it's going to be a big day. Um, Bucks are headed up to Tennessee for their workouts on Wednesday and Thursday. They have a practice this morning. I'm headed up to Tennessee as well. 
We'll talk to Matt Baker later this week about his his poll, his top 25, see how it matches up with the AP poll and the coaches, et cetera. Get you ready for some college football. Talk a little USF football as well. So lots on the podcast throughout the week. Just a reminder, um, if you want to help that electric bill that you can no longer afford, call May Electric Solar. They've been in business for 12 years. Um, they really can save you some money. And they have a 30-year labor service warranty, $750 Worth of surge protection, that's the May way. Uh, start saving money. Call May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. Schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill, 727-819-2862. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tempe Times. Have a great day, everybody. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.